Hey kids, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast you're going to love. On behalf of myself, Morgan Rector, of one of the most horrific true crime podcasts, Human Monsters, I'd like to ask you this question. Do you like to travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Fun fact, there is a morgue on every cruise ship. After all, people die everywhere. Why wouldn't they die on a cruise ship in the Bahamas? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. Murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband, and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and what-the-fuck stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway, and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international best-selling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed 
or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. In order to keep the show ad-free and increase the frequency of production, donations are a big help. Some of you have been very generous in donating, and I appreciate it greatly. If you could give to the show's Patreon account, it would result in good karma and buttress the show's prospects. The URL is www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash leader one, L-E-A-D-E-R-O-N-E, www.patreon.com slash leader one. Thank you so much. to the Human Monsters podcast and Merry Christmas. The title of this podcast is Santa's Claws, 16 Yuletide Crimes. Some people are not so good at spreading Christmas cheer. Number one, the case of the stolen chocolate. A man dressed as Santa Claus lost his Christmas spirit at the Atlanta Mall in 2004. He lost it along with his temper. He hit a 74-year-old woman with a 2x4. His motive was retaliation for what he perceived to be her thievery of over $100 worth of Hershey's chocolate from him. She spent the rest of the season in the hospital, where she succumbed to her injuries and died. He spent the rest of his season and the remainder of his life in prison. Number two. Real-life visits from Santa aren't supposed to go like this. A Seattle man was intent upon robbing a house during the Christmas season. In keeping with the tone of the season, he not only dressed in a Santa Claus suit, but he entered the house through the chimney. 
Unlike the Santa Claus of lore, who is able to shoot down a chimney through magic, this man got stuck halfway down. The fire department had to get him out. The offender claimed he just went down the chimney to retrieve his backpack, but the police weren't buying it. A judge's present to him was 17 months in prison. Number three, the blackest Black Friday ever. The savings are the only good thing about Black Friday deals. Sometimes people can get very aggressive about entering the stores on these occasions, and it has led to anything but Christmas cheer. One of the worst examples was at the Green Acres Mall in 2008. Hundreds of bargain hunters waited in line, and their impatience reached a boiling point. When the doors were opened, they burst through the glass and trampled over an employee. The employee was killed in the stampede. When it was announced that the employee was killed, the shoppers continued to shop as if nothing unusual had taken place. They complained about how they had been waiting so long to get in. Number four, Helen Williams should have stuck to cookies and milk. In 2013, a woman living in North Charleston, South Carolina by the name of Helen Williams was looking forward to celebrating Christmas. For her, beer is an essential part of ringing in the holidays. Unfortunately for her husband, he returned from a shopping trip without beer. It was Christmas Eve and all the stores had closed by then. Helen snapped. She beat and stabbed her husband with a ceramic squirrel. When the authorities were notified, they found her husband on the floor covered in blood. Helen told them he fell. The Charleston County Sheriff's Office wanted to know why she was covered in blood. She admitted that she hit the roof because her husband didn't buy beer. She was charged with domestic violence. Number five, a tale of unsolicited Christmas cheer. In 2011, Terry Trent of Dayton, Ohio got high on bath salts one day during the Christmas season. He was so high he acted on his impulse to break into his neighbor's house and decorate it according to his own taste. He hung a wreath on the garage door. He arranged candles on the coffee and kitchen tables. The part that irked his neighbors as much as the invasion was that he helped himself to some of the presents under the tree. He was taken away in a police sleigh, er, cruiser. Number six, is this how Darth Vader would celebrate Christmas? In 2011, police in Portland, Oregon, received a call from the manager of a Toys R Us store. A man assaulted three customers with a lightsaber. When police approached the man and ordered him to drop the weapon, he refused. One of the officers attempted to take him down with a stun gun, but the suspect knocked one of the wires away with a lightsaber. Clearly the force was strong with that one. Number seven. Some Santas do more taking than giving. One Christmas morning in Dallas, which is known as the Christmas capital of Texas, an embittered and enraged man, fresh from an acrimonious separation, broke into his family's home dressed in a Santa suit. He shot the seven relatives who were gathered while they opened their presents. After finishing them off, he finished himself off, completing a Yuletide murder-suicide. Number eight, perhaps he should have stuck with poinsettias. 
A man who identified as Santa Claus was arrested in January one year when police responded to a call from a Wild Wings restaurant. He gave out his own idea of stocking stuffers. He arrived with a duffel bag full of marijuana, two pounds of it to be exact. He handed out small quantities wrapped in napkins to patrons. His name was Randy Lang and he was 57 years old. Still caught up in the spirit of the Christmas season, he even put some pot in the bar's tip jar. Number nine, if it's the thought that counts, you'd better think carefully. In Christmas of 2013, a Seattle man gave his girlfriend a fillet knife as a present. In exchange, she gave him stab wounds. Detectives at the Everett Police Department Major Crimes Unit believe it was her that slit his throat and stabbed him. She insisted that he was abusive to her, threatening to hurt her many times. She told them he would have cut her up and thrown her in the river. Number 10. The Grinch strikes again. One Christmas in Ontario, Canada, the Santa Claus parade was underway when a man with his hair gelled up into devil horns ran around screaming obscenities. At one point, he began telling children that Santa Claus isn't real. Police arrested him for disturbing the peace. Santa put him on his naughty list. Hey, my name's Otis Gray host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club, Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Number 11. Eggnog, Hold the Rum. One Christmas Eve, after a long, exhausting night of delivering presents to the children, presumably, Santa Claus, or a man dressed just like him, was observed by a security camera in a parking garage. He was urinating on one of the cars. Immediately after, he tripped, fell, and hit his head on the trunk of another car. Number 12. Wrath of the Santa Killer. Christmas Eve, 2008. Bruce Pardo, 45, was dressed as Santa Claus. He was armed with handguns and a flamethrower. He entered the home of his former in-laws at 11.30 p.m. His ex-wife among them, he shot everybody in sight. After they were all dead, he sprayed the house with fuel. He set the house and a few of the revelers on fire. He burned parts of his body in the process. Afterwards, he drove 50 kilometers to his brother's house, with the polyester of the Santa suit melting into his skin. When he arrived at his brother's house, he found that he was not home. He took his own life with a shotgun. Number 13. The Dayton Christmas Killing Spree Christmas Eve, 1992. Four teenage girls went on a murderous rampage. 
Their names were Laura Taylor, Marvelous Keene, Heather Matthews, and Demarcus Smith. First, they killed an 18-year-old female and stole her shoes, jacket, and bag. Next, they persuaded a 34-year-old man to take them into his home with an offer of sexual favors. As soon as they got in, they shot and killed him. They partied in his house for three days, eating his food and driving his cars. All the while, he lay dead in his bedroom. Christmas Day, the body of their third victim, 19-year-old Richard Maddox, was found in a car with a gunshot wound in his head. He was Laura Taylor's ex-boyfriend. They shot another man on Christmas Day. He survived. They shot him outside his home. Boxing Day, they shot a 38-year-old mother while she worked a shift at a local store. She died in hospital five days later. Three days after their spree began, the girls, or ghouls, were arrested after being pulled over by police for driving a stolen car. Soon after, Laura confessed to killing two other victims, aged 16 and 19. 14. When Safety Trumped Sanity in 1913, the Calumet and Hecla Mining Company's Employees Union decided to put on a Christmas party for the employees and their families after five months of striking. They congregated in Italian Hall. Over 600 attendees were present. At some point, someone shouted, Fire! as a prank. The building had a very narrow staircase and no emergency exits. When all the guests took to the stairs, a stampede formed. Seventy-three people died. Most of them were children. The prankster was never identified. Number 15. A young man gave the gift of doll parts. The real kind. When you're a student of post-secondary education, it can be very hard to keep your head above water financially. This was true for 18-year-old Alexis Valdez. His aunt and her boyfriend, Sylvester Diaz Hernandez, allowed him to live with them in their apartment, provided he remain in school, work, and help with the bills. Alexis didn't hold up his end of the bargain. He quit his job and dropped out of school. His aunt and her boyfriend asked him to leave. The timing wasn't so great. They asked him to leave on Christmas Day. Alexis took it to heart. He took it so bad he confronted Sylvester. He killed him with a hammer. After the man was dead, he dismembered his body. He removed all the limbs. He decapitated him, disfiguring his face along the way. Once he was finished, he called the police and confessed to what he had done. When they arrived on the scene, they found him covered in blood. The only reason Alexis didn't kill his aunt was that she was not home at the time. 16. When Ronald Gene Simmons gave out bullets for Christmas. December 22, 1987, Dover, Arkansas. Ronald Gene Simmons made some phone calls to his children. The task at hand was to make arrangements for them to visit him with their families over the Christmas holidays. This came across as a very family-friendly, wholesome proposal. What they didn't know was that Ronald had something far more sinister in mind. As his relatives arrived per schedule, he would methodically murder them as they turned up. This took place over four days. 
By December 26th, Ronald had slaughtered 14 members of his own family. He lined up their bodies in neatly arranged rows. One of them was his daughter, who he had been sexually abusing for years. She had even become pregnant by him and gave birth to the child. It has been speculated that it was when this knowledge became public that Ronald snapped and became motivated to commit the killing spree. On December 27th, Ronald sat at home, drinking beer and watching television. He wasn't finished, however. On December 28th, he drove to the town of Russellville nearby. He dropped by his old workplaces. Still nursing old grudges, he killed two people and wounded four. He also paid a visit to a woman who rejected his advances and killed her. At his last stop, he sat and waited for police to arrive once he was done with his massacre. He chatted with the employees in the meantime. He was found guilty and sentenced to death. He died by lethal injection three years later, on June 25, 1990. This is the last episode for 2020. I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite Christmas recordings. This is Something Soft by Andrew Dice Clay. Thank you for listening to Human Monsters. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, give me like a nice, soft, soft. Because, you know, I, I do want to thank all of you for coming in here. And uh, I know maybe I said a few things that were uh, maybe a tinge off color. You know, I mean, I accused you of fucking your daughters. You know, I didn't mean that. I don't know if you're fucking them. I'm not there. I mean, I haven't peeped since I looked in my aunt's window when I was a kid. But you wouldn't really fuck your daughters. Maybe you'd let them jerk you off. Who knows? But that's not my business. So maybe you eat her ass. Who put her through school? You know what I mean? I could understand it. Maybe she walks around in a Calvin's creeping so far up her ass it's wiping up pancreas. You're sitting on your chair in the living room. Your prick is hard like steel. Nobody's looking. You drop a load. Who cares? That's what family's all about. Jake off. And the people from Texas, they came to New York to have a nice vacation. And all I'm telling him is to use her like some kind of receptacle. To shoot his load in her face on her back in an hour. Get it? I didn't mean that. I love Texas. I fuck a lot of girls in Texas. And you. Dunsky. I didn't mean that. You're a nice guy. You don't have to fuck your, your girlfriend's friend. You should fuck her. Come on, you know you want to chomp away on that little slice of hers. But that's your business. Maybe you'll just drive her home and you'll go home and just think about her and jerk off. Whatever makes you happy. And Janet... Janet the divorcee. 
I don't care if she blows you. She should love you. Suck his dick till the veins are blue. Suck his dick till you take his goo. Merry, Merry Christmas. Pull his prick. Slap his balls. Eat his ass till your tongue is brown. Merry, Merry Christmas. Shoot your wad high in the sky. Sprinkle it all around. Give her some. Give her two. Double loads for you and you and you. Merry, merry. Merry, merry, merry. Merry Christmas to you. It's time to go. I've got to shoot my goo. Take care.